Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's uh, get to Jun Hong Lee, founder and CEO at JL Warren Capital. So in terms of timing here, David Kelly at JP Morgan Asset Management says it's now time to buy stocks and bonds. A sell-off has been enough. But if you look at the market cap of the Wilshire 5000s, that's basically the U.S. stock market. It's about $37 trillion, and that's 150% of GDP. And Warren Buffett has famously said, he feels more comfortable at about 80%. So what is it? Is it time to buy now or still be cautious? We remain very cautious in the, um, on Chinese equities. I think um, if anyone wants to invest in China right now, multinationals with exposure to China perhaps is the best bet. But even so, we think near-term COVID risk is still very high. And you see Guangzhou, new cases in Guangzhou, new cases are soaring and, uh, you know, all the restrictions are back on again. And, you know, last last month, October um, into 20th Party Congress, Beijing was kind of in partial lockdown. And in September, there was Chengdu. So it seems like each month there will be new hotspot for uh, COVID lockdown. Um, so we don't see any material meaningful significant relaxation of the zero co- uh, COVID uh, strategy. So I think even though with that, even the central b- bank continues to uh, loosen monetary policy, pumps the liquidity into the market and economy, the velocity of the money is holding mm-hmm. back the economic recovery. So um, we, we we see we don't have good visibility as to what the normalized economy will be after COVID, uh, mm-hmm. and frankly, after the new new cabinet uh, started to work uh, in Q1 next year. So, um, in the absence of a clear visibility of uh, mid cycle earnings um, yeah. of the economy of the public companies, uh, we are trying to uh, we are just holding back from uh, looking at China directly. All right. So basically, listen to them when they're saying, look, we are unswervingly sticking with COVID zero. What about the property sector, though? Do you think that we've potentially seen a bottom there? You saw that huge jump in developer stocks yesterday, regulators expanding financial support there for that sector. If I remember correctly, um, the opening in the opening remarks um, out of the 20th Party Congress, um, they mentioned that once again, Homes are for living in, not for invest. So it seems like, you know, the central government and SOEs um, are bailing out project by project. But after this restructuring or deleverage, um, the SOE property developers will play a bigger role in the real estate sectors. And um, uh, the non-performing or uh, overly lever- levered developers will be washed out. 
You're certainly showing that you are still cautious on the China market story. When we've been looking at these uh, capital outflows, what brings that back in? Morgan Stanley was saying equities would uh, lead a rebound in flows, but what about bond buying? Does that resume at a bit of a slower pace? Um, so, like we said earlier, we discussed earlier, offshore investors remain very uh, uh, cautious on China, especially the Chinese equities. Um, <laughs> in, in, monitor, uh, in terms of uh, uh, monetary policy cycles, uh, China and the U.S. are divergent. Um, the Fed is tightening and the PBOC is loosening. So, um, you know, um, we would see, we believe there's more downside to running the U.S. dollar, um, at, at more downside than upside. So in that regard, um, that's another headwind uh, for the Chinese equities and Chinese economy in general. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, your argument was pretty cogent that equities are not investable in China. You cited the COVID overhang and then also some of the other issues with, with policy and with uh, the property sector. Uh, what I'm curious about, though, is that you say that the way to play it is through multinationals. The issue is, I suppose, that uh, Boeing and Nike and Disney are all companies that have faced a lot of headwinds because of some of these same policies in China. Would it be better to play uh, Southeast Asian companies or European companies that are doing business in China, or is even that a tricky area? I think the current environment is really great for stock picking. So on the broad, uh, the broad brush, um, you can argue liquidity will be leaving China to a Southeast Asian Brazil's, um, you know, all those uh, emerging markets. Um, but the liquidity is not great. So that's why we prefer to play China still with multinationals on the on the long side as well as on the short side. For example, uh, we very much like the idea of the short idea of Tesla because effectively it's a, it's a Chinese stock uh, with it's more than 50% of the production capacity in China and 30% of the global shipment coming out of China. So, and because it's a heavy exposure to China and to renminbi and to the slow economy and to geopolitics between US and China, we think it is a very interesting stock. So we are trying to look at the company by company and then, you know, Nike, on the other hand, we believe there's substantial upside because, you know, once the BCI saga is over and the impact is gone, uh, the normalized demand, it continues to be very high. Um, so this is a perfect environment for stock picks as opposed to macro kind of, uh, you know, big picture bets. All right, let's talk about the currency. We know that a lot of this has been due to dollar strength, but also a lot of movement from authorities to try and stabilise the yuan as well. Barring, as you say, any major lockdown events, where do we see the yuan trade? Um, I think, um, just like I said earlier, um, looks like the central bank, the government in China continues to loosen because in the velocity of the money isn't there. So they are trying to pump in um, as much liquidity uh, into the market, into the economy, uh, some in via the infrastructure projects and some um, via, you know, the bailouts to uh, on the unfinished projects and some into SOEs. So the monetary cycle over there is uh, is loosening this versus tightening in the U.S. So mm -hmm. we believe maybe vis-a-vis U.S. dollar will continue to weaken, but probably not by a big margin. So probably sideways around like 7.25 okay. to 7.5. Yeah. 
Okay, really quickly, you mentioned Tesla had a good-looking uh, profile there. What about some of the local makers like Neo and Xpeng and uh, and Li Auto? I think this is such an interesting time to look at EVs. On the one hand, you can argue the regulatory support has given such a nice boost to all the EV uh, capacity and uh, productions. Um, on the other hand, the competition is really catching up. And if you are a pure EV player, you're only making 5,000 to 10,000 cars a month and selling that much, it is not a real business. It's not sustainable. All right, Jun Hong Lee at JL Warren Capital. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.